Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The following is a special KMOX sports presentation. Welcome to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. It is Thursday. It is the 7 o'clock hour, and that means Graybar is presenting the Strike Zone here on KMOX. We welcome you in. My name is Matt Pauley. If you want to join us during this hour, you can do so by calling or texting 314-436-7900. That's 314-436-7900. Or you can tweet at me at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Cardinals get the win today. They knock off Cincinnati by a 2-1 score. Miles Michaelis was really, really good. Seven innings, five hits, five strikeouts, no walks, no runs given up. He is now three and one. I thought the narrative after this after the game and what was said by Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel was interesting because he somewhat alluded to the fact that not somewhat alluded to, he directly, there was no it wasn't alluded to, it was it was directly talked about. The fact that Michaelis had a spring training that was different because of the world baseball classic. And basically what was said today is that kind of resulted in him not having all of his pitches working the way he would have wanted to have them working when the season got started, that there's a reason for spring training. So I don't know. I, in some ways I feel like it's revisionist history because there's almost some blame on the WBC for some of the start of from some of the performances to start the season, specifically with pitching, specifically with the Miles Michaelis, and I'm not even saying that's not true. I'm, I I think it probably is true, but all of a sudden we start talking about it well after the fact when Michaelis had a tough start to the season, and now he's starting to round into form, turning back into the guy that he has basically been in recent years, a guy who's been an all-star pretty recently. So I, I, I don't even know if that's worth talking about at this point in time. I do think it's something to keep in the back of your mind when the next WBC comes around. I always say when talking about the WBC – they hold it at the least terrible time. There is not a good time for the World Baseball Classic. There just isn't. Every time is is terrible. But you know what? 
it's good for baseball. It's really good for baseball. It got people excited about the sport, but does it have an impact in a negative way on guys who are playing in it? I think it does, and I think it's just worth remembering kind of the what was said today about Miles Michaelis and how he didn't have a full spring because of the WBC and how that resulted in him taking a little bit longer to get ready for the year. And the anti-WBC people are sitting there with their hands up in the air saying, see, I told you so. See, that's why the WBC is bad. That's why guys should not be participating in it. And I understand for that specific reason why you might feel that way, I still think in the grand scheme of things and from a greater good standpoint, the WBC is something that's very, very, very good for baseball, even if it takes somebody like Miles Michaelis a month plus of the regular season to get to uh, where you would have thought he would have been maybe a week, two weeks into uh, into the season. The, the number one thing that was discussed today was – the Cardinals lineup because it was a lineup that did not have Nolan Arenado. It was a lineup that did not have Paul Goldschmidt. It was a lineup that did not have Wilson Contreras and people were really upset about this. Social media was not a fun place to be around earlier today. Maybe not. I don't know if it's ever an especially fun place, but there was a, there was a lot of angst over this lineup that was being presented. Kevin Wheeler and I were talking, so and I want to give credit where credit is due because he was able to say this better than, than I would have been able to say it. We waste so much time being worried about stuff in front of it as opposed to recognizing something bad happening and then dealing with it. Yeah, I've, I'm always a big believer in worry about tomorrow's problem tomorrow. Now, that doesn't apply to 100% of things. You got to plan out things, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But if you live this life where you're always worried about a worst case scenario, that's not a very good life, to be perfectly honest with you. That's, that's not real healthy. There's better ways to spend your life, there's better things to be thinking about. So let's, let's go to a hypothetical situation. Let's say the Cardinals lose today's game. They lose today's game 2-1, so the exact opposite, or they lose it 1-0. Then I think we can come back around, and we can sit there and say, okay, the Cardinals lost the game, and they sat out all these players. Was that a bad decision? Now, I probably would be telling you, now it wasn't a bad decision. you got to give guys uh, days off as, as you go along and move forward, and I'm not going to be overly worried about giving guys days off when you're in the middle of 19 games. And you know, There's two ways to do it when it comes to giving guys a day off. You can either you can go the Tony La Russa route, which is exactly what happened today, the old Sunday lineup, take a bunch of guys out at one time, or the other idea is to give – a guy off this day and another guy off the next day and another guy off the next day. So all of a sudden you have multiple days in a row where you're not playing with your best lineup. I don't, I think you have to look at your team and where you're at. Like there's not a, this is the way it should always go sort of thing, but I understand why you go with a lineup like you did today, giving everybody a day off on the same day. If that's going to allow you to have most of your guys in almost every other game during this period. And that's what's going on. And there's, um, 
I already got a text message. Uh, Fred from Columbia says, I was a college coach for 20 years. Unless he's injured, there's no good reason for Paul Goldschmidt to need three days off from playing first base. Arenado doesn't need so many days off. Player best team. There are two days off after the 19 straight games. I don't buy the company line. I understand where you're coming from. I My two responses to that is, first off, we don't know what these guys' health really. We don't know the health situation. Guys are battling things all the time that are not being talked about. And Oliver Marmel's job is to go out and win baseball games. They haven't won as many baseball games as they would have liked to this year. If you don't win as many baseball games and that continues over a long period of time, at some point in time, you're not going to be managing a baseball team anymore. Oliver Marmel is not intentionally losing baseball games. Oliver Marmel is not putting together a lesser lineup. Oliver Marmel, if if there was if these guys were robots and there was no wear or tear on the bodies, then every single day that they went to play, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and Wilson Contreras would be in the lineup. They're not robots. There's other things going on. There is wear and tear. We don't know everything that's going on. So when I talk about giving the benefit of the doubt, I absolutely give the benefit of the doubt. There's a if you're not if you've got two MVP candidates and then one of the best offensive players uh, at their position and a guy who you spend a lot of money to bring in, if you're giving these guys days off, there's a reason that you're giving those guys days off. You're not just doing it willy nilly. You're not trying to impose some sort of will. Oh, I'm going to show everybody these guys need to have a day. Like that's not going on. They want when these guys get days off, there is a reason for it. And the old school tough guy routine of these guys need to be playing 162 and you know just spit on it and everything's going to be fine. It, that it it's it's archaic. It's archaic. It, you you shouldn't apply that to today's game and at the end of the day, it worked out okay today because they won. Now, if they would have lost the game, I'd feel the exact same way. I would feel the exact same way. If these guys are all being given a day off, there's a reason that they're all being given a day off. And I realize they're getting a couple days next week after they get through a few more days. Playing 19 games in 19 days is tough. It's being You're wearing on the body. And playing a day game today, give them the day. Let them have the day. And they were going to get the complete day. Oliver Marmel made the point that they were essentially in street shoes during uh, the game, that they were not even going to be available to pinch it. They were being given uh, the entire day. And I just, I don't have a problem with it. Win or lose, I don't have a problem with it because they won. It's something that you don't have to especially worry about, thankfully, because they were able to get the win. All right, they are getting set to uh, match up against the Cleveland Guardians this weekend. We're going to talk with uh, Mandy Bell. She covers uh, the Guardians for MLB.com. She's going to join us in just a moment as we roll on with a uh, Gray Bar Sports Open Line and the Strike Zone on a Thursday night here on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to The Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Continuing on with the strike zone, part of a gray bar sports open line here on KMOX, your home for the Cardinals. What's on deck? Sponsored by Chesterfield Finson Deck, the sign you have the very best. The Cardinals are opening up a series against the Cleveland Guardians coming up tomorrow evening. And to uh, preview that series, we're very happy to welcome on to the program someone who covers uh, the Guardians. Her name is Mandy Bell. You follow her on Twitter at MandyBell02, writing for MLB.com. Mandy, thanks for taking some time with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, this is uh, the the Cardinals and the Guardians are somewhat similar in that each team has had a disappointing start to the season. Uh, right now, Cleveland, what is it, seven of the last nine uh, they've lost. What what As you view this team and what's going on, what has led to uh, this start that not a lot of people expected? It, just nobody's able to get going. I think the, the offense is just they're notorious for slow offensive starts every single year. And it just seems like by now they usually are starting to pick it up and nobody has been able to be that spark for them just yet. So right now this rut's going a little bit longer than anyone expected. And they're trying to make sure that it ends relatively soon and it doesn't reach a point where everyone's looking at panic mode and thinking, "Uh uh-oh, is this season completely out of reach for us? Okay, so I I do the post game for the Cardinals, and I can tell you that Cardinals fans, it's a little bit better recently because they've played a lot better in the last uh, two, three weeks, but it was full-on panic in St. Louis, fire the manager, fire the GM, make trades, like nobody was happy with anything. Has it been that kind of uh, response from Guardians fans? It's, it's Guardians fans are just wanting change of players. They're looking at their farm system. Cleveland has a really rich farm system, and they have guys that are just sitting in AAA that don't have an opening right now on the Major League roster. And when they're playing well and the Major League guys are not playing well, fans are just begging for players to be called up. So you're looking at guys like, like an infielder like Brian Rocchio is someone that fans are hoping for catcher like Bo Naylor. These are all guys in their top 10 prospects when you're looking down MLB pipelines list. So um, all of that has been just way too tempting for fans to just sit there and wait for minor league outlets to tweet out the highlights of their, <laughs> of their games going on. And they're like, uh, why isn't this guy up here right now? So the biggest thing right now is fans are looking for players to be swapped out some younger guys to get more opportunity how much longer would this slow start have to continue uh, until maybe you see management start to make some of those decisions and bring up some of those players I mean the biggest focus right now is the catching spot because they brought in Mike Zunino over the offseason and they weren't expecting him to be some offensive hero but they were expecting him to bring more pop especially power to the lineup than they've had from their catching position over the last few years. And he's gotten off to the slowest start of anybody 
Um, Cam Gallagher is their backup catcher, and he's pretty solid defensively. He's been great with, like, leading the rotation and filling in, but he's not the offensive answer, and they knew that coming into it. So um, for fans to be begging for Bo Naylor, I don't think it needs to go very much longer before Mm. he's up here. They got to see a taste of him over the weekend when they had a doubleheader, and he got to come up as the 27th man. We saw him a little bit towards the end of the season last year. They even carried him on this po- on the postseason roster just so he could get a taste of what all of this was like. Um, they're they're ready for him. The organization has been ready for him. They wanted him to be able to start in AAA to get some at bats under his belt, and I'm sure avoiding the fact that he would eventually become a super two is something that they're very much focused on. Um, but I think it's right around the corner that that he would be at least somebody that they're starting to mix into the big league road, mix behind the plate. The AL Central is very similar to the NL Central, just in the sense that there's not really very many good teams, especially from a record standpoint in the division. Cleveland's only four and a half games back uh, of Minnesota as it sits right now. Cardinals fans want to know, though, because there are some uh, Shane Bieber is somebody who's talked about in St. Louis that if all of a sudden he were to become available, he would look good in a Cardinals uniform. What would have to happen for Cleveland to go into a sell off mode this year? I think that the next few weeks would have to look like the last week, Hmm. two weeks have looked. Um, I don't think it's reached that point yet where they're looking at it like, oh, boy, we're just going to be selling at the deadline. I do think if we're starting to get into mid-June, though, and nothing has changed, then the focal point becomes, okay, where's Shane Bieber going to be at the end of July or whatever, first first few days of August, whatever it may end up being. Um, that's going to be the number one person to look at is Shane Bieber. Where is he going if his team is not in contention? Um, and I think it by mid-June, we're going to start really – Uh, throwing them under the microscope even more if they have not found anything to try to get them going back in the right direction. We're talking with Mandy Bell, covers the Guardians for MLB.com. It's really early to be having this conversation, but I'm going to try to have it nonetheless. What kind of return would it take for a Shane Bieber? Well, this organization has proven time and time again that they will not make any trade for any type of player for a penny less than they believe that they deserve, even if it's someone as a, a star level as Shane Bieber or it could be like the third catcher on the team somehow. They have a price in their minds, and they rarely budge from what they're thinking. So I'm expecting for someone like Shane Bieber to get a year and a half of control here, it it would take a lot and they are obviously needing some power in their lineup they like to set themselves up for the present and the future at all times so guys who are major league ready or just around the corner from being major league ready and guys who are maybe a couple of years away and just looking at the top prospects they're loaded with middle infielders right now, but you start thinking about, okay, maybe they could start building up that catching pipeline. They can look at outfielders down the road, and they always, always, always want more pitching. They always say you can never have enough pitching, and they've proven that they're incredible at developing that pitching. So um, if they're going to be selling and they're going to be looking to shop Shane Bieber, then there's going to be a tremendous return uh, if they're going to end up making that move. One of the numbers that most kind of interests me about this team, they've got 21 wins. 
Emmanuel Classe has 16 saves, so he has saved uh, a good amount of them. Plus, he's got, what is it, the five blown saves. So uh, he leads Major League Baseball in saves, still has five blown saves, has another victory in there as well. It just it feels like the, the close games that this team is playing on almost a nightly basis is that – I, I I don't know. It just it, this record could look very different, or, or maybe it couldn't. I I don't know. It's just it, I, that's the thing that kind of jumps out at me: the fact that there are so many close games, and, and you look at that save number with Class A. I, well, Class A has been the biggest like confusing point of this roster is that you were sort of expecting him to come in, be the guy he was last year, who was the best reliever in the American League by far. Um, and he just didn't get off to the same start. He was, his velocity was averaging like 96, 97 on that cutter when he's never needed time to build up his velocity in the past. He's always sat around that 100 mark. He's finally back up there, but it seemed like they were saying that there was some problems with like, like his arm angle. He said his arm was so like, too short and they're working through all of that. And now they're starting to see him settle in more but he has no wiggle room right now. He's not coming in for saves where he has a three-run lead. Yeah. He's coming in for a save when he has a one-run lead, and it seems like more than half of their games. I don't. I've lost count now. I we used to be counting every single day, but of how many one-run games that they're playing in, and it's it seems like it's daily. It's shocking if there's more than a two-run lead at any point. Um, going into the eighth or ninth innings. And uh, when you don't have any wiggle room and you have some guys who are still trying to settle in and get themselves uh, on the right track, they have zero wiggle room right now to make any mistakes. And last year they had so much luck go in their favor when they were playing like this. And now they're starting to see the luck is now falling towards their opponents. And, uh, and so that's been even more of a hurdle for them to overcome when they're not able to give their pitching staff more run support. Last thing for you as we are being joined by uh, Mandy Bell covers uh, the Guardians from MLB.com. This team and teams led by Terry Francona, they tend to play well as the season goes along. Is that is that being talked about much, and is that a reason for optimism as this team has a little bit of a ladder to climb here to get to the top of the division? Of course. I mean, I think fans are looking for anything to cling to to try to look at optimism. I think in the clubhouse, they're trying to continue to push out like and make themselves to believe that there's a reason to be optimistic here. We know we can get through it. We just need to get to that point. And we just we don't know when that point's going to come, but we know once it does, we'll get rolling again. And like you said, it's, it seems like Tito's famous for having the best second half teams out there year after year, especially since he's come over to Cleveland in 2013. It's just, it's always seems to be his MO, but right now they're just trying to make sure that they're not in too deep of a hole. Now it helps that they're in the AL central. That's not too, too competitive this year. Um, But they just need to make sure they're not in too big of a hole. If they are going to catch fire in the second half, that they wouldn't be able to overcome what they did in the first half. Mandy Bell covers the Cleveland Guardians for MLB.com. You follow her on Twitter at MandyBell02. Mandy, thanks so much for taking some time with us this evening. We really do appreciate it. 
Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Very good. There's uh, Mandy Bell joining us here on the program. Again, she'll be covering uh, this weekend series as the Cardinals are in Cleveland for a matchup against the Guardians. We'll take a break. Uh, If you've got any thoughts that you want to uh, throw at me on the Cardinals, this is kind of, uh, I always say this, when we do uh, these day games and we don't have the full version of the extra inning show, always like to uh, open up the phone line. So if you want to get in here, you can. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. As uh, we'll continue to talk Cardinals baseball, it is the Strike Zone, part of a Graybar Sports Open line on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. We continue on here on KMOX, the Graybar Sports Open Line. The strike zone is what we call this. We do it uh, every 7 o'clock hour on Thursday nights, locked in on all things baseball and the Cardinals. If you want to join us, you can do so by calling 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. You can also text that number or you can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Opportunity for you to talk Cardinals baseball. We will start with Clayton, who's given us a call. Hey, Clayton, you're on Sports Open Line. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Doing all right. Good. Hey, I just had a quick question. Um, was looking back at the starting lineups for the past uh, month or two, um, basically wondering why Paul Goldschmidt is hitting uh, second instead of third or cleanup. was wondering to see if you could answer that for me. Yeah, so a couple things. First up, by putting Gorman in between Goldschmidt and Arenado, you're able to separate out uh, righties and, and lefties. That's the first thing. The other thing is the way I view it, now this did not work. It did not, what I'm saying was not true during the period that Wilson Contreras was out and Andrew Kisner was catching a lot because Kisner was in the nine spot. But it's kind of like when, in a way, it's what Tony La Russa used to do when he would hit the pitcher eighth and then because he would have Pujols in that three spot he always wanted Pujols to bat in the first inning but then basically the leadoff hitter was the nine hitter so Pujols became the number four hitter from there on out. It's kind of the same thing. Edmund is essentially the leadoff hitter out of the nine spot and then you're going Edmund Newtbar, Goldschmidt, Gorman, Arenado. That's kind of the way I view it. So you get uh, you get Goldschmidt and Gorman up in the first inning. Uh, you're able to sp- uh, split up the righties and the lefties between Goldschmidt, Gorman, and Arnado. But once you go through that lineup for the first time, to me, it feels like Edmund is really the leadoff hitter, Newt Barr the two-hitter, Goldschmidt the three-hitter, Gorman four, Arnado five. So that's kind of the way I view it. I think from, from a Cardinal standpoint, it is more about splitting up the righties and lefties. But when the lineup is correct, I, I don't mind it because I think once you go through it that first time, uh, essentially Goldschmidt becomes the three-hitter. That's the way I view it. Interesting. Thanks yeah. so much. You bet. Appreciate uh, the phone call. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. Let's grab uh, another phone call as Chuck has given us a call. Hey, Chuck, you're on the strike zone. I uh, listen to your show all the time, and I think you do a great job. Thank I you. like to talk about today's game. If the Cardinals had won three first three games, I could understand him doing what he did today about the lineup, uh, not having the three stars in there. But if you already lost two games and there's a possibility of you losing a third game to Cincinnati, 
after being up, taking uh, three out of the games at the Dodgers, and then it seemed like he, he was lucky that he got the win today. And i also like to know if, if in your opinion, do you give uh, Jordan Montgomery an extension? Yeah, Chuck, let, let me ask you this. Now, I don't know anything, I, I, but I'm a big believer in that if you're taking stars out of the lineup, there's a reason that you're taking stars out of the lineup. They're playing a lot of games. If you were to learn that Goldschmidt and Arenado uh, and Contreras were all kind of banged up right now, all a little bit gimpy, and the organization was worried that playing the day game after the night game would exponentially increase the possibility of an injury for any of those players, would it change your view? And I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just I'm throwing out I, a hypothetical uh, situation. If that were to be I, the case, and if you knew that, would it change your view at all? Yes. Okay. But... Uh, if this was game number 100, I could understand that completely, but this is game number 52, and they got a long way to go. If you're doing that now, uh, and uh, they, uh, I understand resting them and mm-hmm. all that, but I would have never rested all three players. I would get like he has been doing, I would get give one player one day off, then uh, down the line. Yeah. All right, Chuck, I, I really appreciate the phone call. And there's people, again, it kind of goes back. I, I've talked – I've probably talked more about Tony LaRussa on today's show than I've ever talked about LaRussa on any show since coming here to, uh, to KMOX. I know – look, it was always frustrating to me watching those Sunday games with LaRussa where nobody was in the lineup. And he's like, what, what's going on? Why, why are these guys all out? But I, I understand just kind of the way of thinking that do you want to deplete your roster or your lineup a little bit a lot of times, or do you want to deplete your lineup a lot fewer times? And that that becomes the question. And, again, I don't – I think it depends on the circumstance. The fact that Chuck made a good point. Look, if if they lose this series, it's a really bad series to lose. And if they lose today, and they could have easily lost today, are you kidding me? They, they there was uh, the t- the winning run was at the plate when the game came to an end. What if he what if he runs into a home run and you lose the game by a run today? The the narrative becomes very different at that point. About you lost a series to the Reds. And you did not go uh, put your best guys out there. I understand being worried about that. Like I, I am not trying to dismiss the thoughts or the feelings of anybody who's unhappy with the lineup decisions that were made today. I keep going back to the fact that these are three top-tier players, two MVP candidates, and then another guy who's an all-star catcher who's one of the best offensive players at his position. Oliver Marmel wants to write their name in the lineup every single day. And if he's not, there's a reason why, and we're not always privy to the reason why. And the idea that if this was game 100 versus game 50 or whatever it is, I, I understand where Chuck's coming from, and I think it's a good point by Chuck. My response to that would be, you're also trying to uh, – there is – you want to make sure guys stay healthy. 
So if you're pushing the human body a little bit further than you want to push it, and you've got a day game after a night game, and you just feel uncomfortable with how much you're pushing guys, and you've made the decision that for the betterment of those players, they need a day because of how hard they've been pushing, I'm not, I'm not going to get upset about it. I, I understand why player why uh, people are frustrated. I completely understand. It's just not something that I'm going to be worried about. Also, Chuck mentioned uh, Jordan Montgomery. I would. I, I would approach him about a, an extension. He's been mostly good since being a Cardinal. The only thing that worries me is he is streaky. You know, he showed up last year and was really good and then kind of fell back this year. He had a really, really good run for a while, and now he's in a period where he's not been quite as good. I his ceiling is as good as anybody's ceiling on the team, probably outside of Jack Flaherty when Flaherty was at his best. And I'm not sure if that Jack Flaherty is still around. So the fact that they've got so few starting pitchers under contract for next year, I would certainly talk to Montgomery about that. The other side of it is I still believe, and, and if, if we get to August 1st and I'm wrong, I'll tell you I'm wrong. I still believe that this team is going to make a trade for a starting pitcher. And there's a good chance that that pitcher is going to have multiple years left on their deal. So if you're going to be investing in the rotation moving forward, I, I wouldn't mind just pumping the brakes on that a little bit and seeing what this roster looks like and who's on it later on in the year after we get through the trade deadline. Chuck, appreciate the phone call. Let's grab uh, KC, who's given us a call. Hey, KC, you're on uh, Sports Open Line. Hey, how you doing? doing I right. always enjoy uh, listening to you. What I don't understand is that the Cardinals are a winning organization. They've been winning for a long time. Why is it that this team cannot lose sometime or or become, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 they're going to have to, uh, the t- uh, fans will have to realize that they can't win every year. There's some teams that never win. We are a good organization. So if we, if we, if we have a down year, let's just say, hey, we got a bad, we have a down year. I don't understand why we have to win all the time. All right, Casey. I appreciate it. Um... I don't think there's anything wrong with setting high expectations for an organization. And the you know the Yankees win every year and when they don't win heads roll. There are there are teams out there that are expected to have some level of winning. That doesn't mean win the World Series every year. Maybe it doesn't even mean winning the division every year. But having a winning record, being in contention for the postseason, especially now with the expanded playoffs, so many teams make the playoffs. The Cardinals are blessed to be in the NL Central where you don't have any other teams in there that go on you know, long periods of time where they're competing at a high level. The team that has most challenged the Cardinals over the last few years is the Brewers. And the Brewers had some really good years. The Brewers got to the NLCS. The Brewers uh, won a division, but they are starting to fall off. Obviously, the Cubs had a few years there where they were pretty good. They won the World Series. Uh, We've seen times where the Pirates are making the playoffs. We've seen times where the Reds are making the playoffs. But this, this division does not have another team like the Cardinals that year in, year out, they're competing. Now, there's something to be said for going for it to win a championship where you maybe mortgage the future a little bit, where you say, you know what, this team can win a World Series, and another piece or two gives them a really good chance, and we realize that that might result in losing some good players who are going to be a part of this team's future moving forward, and if that happens, that happens, and you just kind of accept it, but 
I would, Casey, I would, I would side with the idea that the expectation is that this is a winning team every single year, and they have built this team to sustain the winning. When look, they've got a Nolan Arnado and a Paul Goldschmidt on the roster. And as long as those guys are on the roster, you have to be in position to win. Last year, with an Albert Pujols and a Yadier Molina, they've got an Adam Wainwright. you got to honor Wainwright in his final year and give him a chance to win just the way I thought they needed to last year. Expecting this team to win, and you're right. You are absolutely right. Not many teams out there win as consistently as the Cardinals. Um, they've not won as consistently in the playoffs. I think... I think the fan reaction to what has happened this year would be a little bit different if the team had had more recent success in the playoffs. If they win a series or two last year, if they would have gone to the NLCS at some point in the last three or four years, uh, you don't you don't have to win the World Series every year. You're not going to. You don't have to win a playoff series every year. But this team has not had a lot of playoff success in recent years, and I think having playoff success buys you a little bit of grace, but at the same time, the expectation that it's a winning team on an every-year basis, I have no problem with that expectation being placed upon this organization. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me as well, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. We'll take a break. We'll have more in just a moment. This is The Strike Zone here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Strike Zone on KMOX. Presented by Graybar. Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Back at it on the Strike Zone. It's part of a Graybar Sports Open Light here on KMOX. I come in a little aggressive there. Sports producer extraordinaire Matt Pajeski. When uh, when his eyes get really big, that means maybe I am speaking just a little bit uh, too loud. My wife reminds me at home. She'll say, Matthew, Matthew, you're not on the radio right now. She'll say that to me. I'll get, I'll be talking. I'll be, uh, I'll be a little louder than I maybe need to. Matthew, you're not on the radio right now. That's what I get uh, in the Pauly household on occasion. And then my four-year-old daughter likes to be very loud as well. And she probably gets that from, uh, she probably gets that from me. So I missed uh, the other night. I I took a night off from uh, Cardinals pre and post. It was my daughter's preschool end-of-season program, and uh, all the kids went up to the front and said what they wanted to be when they would grow up, and she informed everybody that she wanted to be a mermaid when she grows up. So that's what we've got going on at the uh, at the uh, Polly household. Um, by the way, uh, coming up when I get done here at 8 o'clock, we're going to have a, a special. Today was Carol Daniels' last day. Here at KMOX, I'm so thankful and so blessed that for the last nine, ten months since I got here to KMOX that I was able to uh, work with her and, and be her colleague. And just to I, I say this all the time, I'm just amazed by what is produced, uh, especially from our news department, but everybody and Carol really leading the way. So it's been uh, it's been really cool to get to know her just a little bit over uh, over the last few months. And today was her final day here at KMOX. And uh, we've got a special that uh, really uh, just honors her time at KMOX, just the, the 28 years for her here. So that's going to be coming up beginning at 8 o'clock. So you are not going to uh, want to miss that. We do this. Uh, we do this every week, 
Building the Future. It is uh, presented by Graybar, and uh, we focus in on what's going on with uh, some of the future Cardinals. And I get a lot of questions about Jordan Walker. How's Jordan Walker doing? What's uh, what's the status on him? When might uh, we see him in St. Louis again? And I don't know what the answer to that question is of when he might uh, return to uh, St. Louis, but in terms of how he has been doing recently, it's kind of a mixed bag, to be perfectly honest with you. So he's had some really good performances. He's had some not-so-good performances uh, playing at Memphis. He had a really good game uh, the 23rd, so that would have been on Tuesday. On Tuesday, he had a 3-for-5 day. He had a home run. He had three RBIs, uh, and then he followed that up going 0-for-3 the next day, and that was following a period where he had eight hits over a four-game period. So uh, it's it's a guy who's trying to make some adjustments where his swing is going to work better better at the major league level and he's just going to continue to work through that I don't know what the Cardinals are going to do when um when they get ever all the outfielders back when when they have Tyler O'Neill available when they have Dylan Carlson available and when Jordan Walker's at a point where it's clear that he needs to be brought back up I don't know what that's going to uh, look like, but Walker is still trying to kind of put it together there. Again, Building the Future, sponsored by Graybar, your distributor for electrical and data communication needs. A couple minutes left in the program, 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can uh, tweet as well at Matt Pauley on air. A text message from the 636 says, they're wasting the Goldie Arenado era. Speaking of the Cardinals, why even trade for them? Them if you're going to trot out inferior pitching staff, um, someone okay, uh, someone needs to tell them that hope is not a strategy. Uh, let's see, says uh, we could have at least one more World Series uh, if not four, and then list Mosaic and Matheny and some some other folks. Uh, Bill Dewitt. I, I don't. I, I do. I agree with everything the Cardinals do. No, but at some. Do I think they could have done more to augment this roster this year? Yeah, and and I still think they will. Again, I, I've said it. I'll, I'll I'll say it a million times over. I'm really going to evaluate the job on this roster once we get to August and see what the roster looks like at that point in time. My prediction that you were going to be able to sit back and kind of evaluate what needs you had because you were in the NL Central. That's basically coming true. And I didn't expect them to be below 500 at this point in time, but it's basically coming true. The Cardinals have had a really good run of success under John Mosellock, under the ownership of Bill DeWitt. I think the DeWitt ownership has been incredible for the Cardinals. I don't agree with everything they've done, but it's been very good. And I will evaluate this team based off what they do. And I've said over and over, I think the expectation for this team to make a move that really buoys their World Series aspirations with all due respect to Jose Quintana and Jordan Montgomery, who were really important. Those were great moves that were made last year. Those aren't the moves you need this year. We talked earlier with the beat writer from Cleveland. Find a way to bring in a Shane Bieber. Find a way to bring in a Dylan Cease. Bring in guys like that, and then it feels like uh, this team is much closer to a World Series than they are right now. But we cannot dismiss the run of success that they have had 
pretty high level of success and a lot of winning baseball under the leadership of John Mozeliak and the ownership of the DeWitts. That's going to do it for this edition of Sports Open Line. We'll talk to you tomorrow for Cardinals baseball here on KMOX. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.